Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode two slash three of Tech Talk, and I am joined again by Vector Sigma, Scott from Vector Sigma, for our officially unofficial Transformers podcast talk show. I was about to say game show, but that wouldn't really make a whole lot of sense in this context. Shows about games. Yes. I guess it's technically a game show then, but yes. everybody in chat, uh, sorry, we're, we're not giving away door prizes. <laughs> So uh, we're here to talk about the Purple Team ultimately, but we do have a few things to go through before that because there's actually some news, which is kind of cool. So for those of you who are unaware, there have been a few different things that have come out. There's a bunch of local places that are running events. And there are, and by running events, I mean they're running <laughs> what I would call large events, like the, the prizes available are significant, where you can win a case kind of thing, as opposed to, you know, everybody, it's five bucks and you win some store credit or something. So yeah. if you want to, definitely talk to your local store. There may be an event already going on. There's a lot of groups that are trying to form. So get out there, talk to people. There's definitely other people playing this game. Uh, but the really the big, big news is that the official PAX Unplugged event schedule went up. And it has some actually pretty cool things, Scott. Did you get a chance to look at the details for it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, obviously what I'm most excited about is the the larger events each day. I guess um, right now it says they're capped at 32 players, but I have a feeling that that may increase if uh, if enough. Because somebody had mentioned in, uh, I guess he's like the judge or the guy that's running it in the... Um, uh, in the zombie Discord. judge you're talking about in the Discord? Yeah, so he had said something about how like you you know he wanted all these people to show up and like get all you know get everyone out there and I'm like well really no more than 32 people can show up and I'm sure that won't be a problem considering uh, Philadelphia is pretty central to like a lot of the major cities where people would be willing to travel for an event like this right. if they already had plans to so hopefully they'll increase the people to beyond 32 assuming the game is at where it seems like it's going to be at right um, but I mean for those events I mean it, it's uh, five rounds and if you go 5-0 you win like an uncut sheet and like 12 packs or something like that it's pretty good for um i think it's 20 dollars to get in oh or something yeah like that um so that that i'm really that's really cool that like because i was going to packs because i live in philadelphia uh regardless but i really hadn't planned on playing anything real competitively and now this gives me an you know i have some friends coming in from out of town to play some other games and now this gives me an excuse to like go down there every day um and besides that i really like and i I know they did this last year with Magic, so I'm curious to hear um, if anyone has any experience with this. They're doing like a league, also. I did see that. Yeah. So you, I think you get five packs, and um, I think it's twenty bucks. I want to say, but it, somehow you get like five bucks off if like you participate in some other events. And it's kind of like you know the the league rules that have been posted, which is pretty much like you know sealed deck with I think it's five packs. Um, you make a twenty five card deck, but then every time you win, you get to go up to like this box and like take cards out and it says they go all the way up to like anything up to super rare is going to be in the box so i assume oh, that wow. means there's both transformers and battle cards that are in the box that you can then use for your deck so what i was what i was told and what i've seen in the past so like when i used to play like the world of warcraft uh, card game like the dark moon fairs that they used to have which were like their equivalent of grand prix used to have these leagues and right. people just used to get an insane amount of cards um so, I mean, if it's if it's run anywhere close to the same, and it sounds like it will be, it's just a great opportunity just to play some games with, like, you know, 
a more limited carpool, obviously your deck will start to improve as the weekend goes on. But right, so it's right. a great way just to play the game and you just get like an insane amount of cool cards. And you can walk out of there with like all kinds of cool stuff for the money. Yeah, and there's one other exciting thing that they had listed on there is I don't know, given the timing, uh, whether this is going to be a pre-release, a preview, or it's going to be right around set release, right before, right after, whatever. But they are planning to do Metroplex-related events. Yeah, that's cool. Which I'm super excited to see what it is. Since you mentioned WoW, that to my knowledge, they were the first ones to do the PvE thing, and then including Magic, other games have incorporated it over time. But I'm very curious to see, is this intended to be players versus Metroplex, and then you could use some of the cards, or is it always PvE, or is it not even PvE, it's totally something else? I'm I'm really excited to see what it is. Although I'm I'm more excited because it implies that Trypticon is somewhere down the road, <laughs> and I'm looking at the two that I have on a shelf right now. One from when I was a kid, and then one when I got the uh, I should have brought them over since I brought o- I have planned props for uh, later when we get to our uh, let's see if I can nice. get this on camera. Um, Hang on, I gotta move away from the dogs. Oh no, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, mine is. Uh, Unconscious on her couch. It's officially her couch because she doesn't ever move from there. <laughs> Mine are never unconscious. <laughs> well, that's good. You don't have to worry about it. They're good guard dogs. Mine would never do anything, so she would yeah. definitely invite people in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, we wanted to make sure that we brought it up because if you have the opportunity, PAX Unplugged is really fun. I know my wife and I are planning on going there all three days. We were, we usually, or we're intending ahead of time to treat PAX Unplugged as our, for lack of a better way to put it, cool-down convention. So mm-hmm. Gen Con for us is usually a whirlwind, and probably is for everybody. You know, we were doing Light Seekers Nationals, we are playing the now <laughs> with the unofficial world champs for WoW TCG, the Harry Potter TCG. Basically, we spend four days living in the CCG hall, for the most part. So we wanted to kind of do the, you know, just wander around, take a look at that. Oh, let's see this vendor. Let's try that game. But now I'm so excited about playing all these events that I think I'm going to end up doing the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, luckily last year, um, everything was kind of in the same giant room anyway. Like there's a couple other offshoot rooms. Yeah. But a lot of that I think was for like role playing and stuff. So yeah, they did have games were all together kind of right they did have one room that i checked out because i don't know if you played this game hecatome it was also a, a wizards game from back in the day oh this it, the thing with like the tiles or something like that yeah so they have um pentagonal cards that are plastic mm-hmm. and yep. the idea was that you uh four of the sides were clear so you stack them on top of each other and then the one underneath would show through and provide buffs or debuffs to the card above it uh it's a it was a really cool concept it croaked for a lot of reasons, but uh, it was a fun <laughs> game. So they had a random sealed deck for that, and they had other games. Huh. Like There was a Pirates game that I recall seeing in stores when I was usually playing other events that was... Um, you literally built the boats out of like interlocking cardboard as you were playing yeah, the game. Yeah, I remember seeing that. Uh, yeah. They had that, and they, there was a whole bunch of other stuff. But you're right, the vast majority of things that wasn't role-playing was in a single hall, which will make it a little easier. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I wanted to cover that we'll probably get into moving on from the news of the day is, well, somebody had mentioned in one of the 
assorted Transformers groups that do people feel Insecticons are the better version of Dinobots? And obviously we'll get into the Insecticons when we talk about the purple team in a few minutes, but real quick, do you think that they have a better aggressive potential at it, talking about in general, obviously the head to head matchup, I think Grimlock eats a lot of bugs. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think the Dinobots are better if we have to compare one to the other. Mm. Um, so, uh, because all three of their characters have the potential to do like, I, I, I mean, not insane amounts of damage, but like consistent, you know, even without the benefit of like Jaws of Steel or like Dino Chomp, like we're still talking about just like a straight out regular old attack, like still talking about like, I don't know, seven to eight damage pretty easily mm-hmm. coming out of any one of the the other two besides Grimlock. So like right. that's just an that's just way more damage than the Insecticons can put out in usually uh-huh. even two attacks, except for kickback. I kind of feel um, the Insecticons so. require your opponent to make a mistake. And the reason I say that is if you're running Ransack and your opponent willingly offs him, you can I still function him back in for those seven damage attacks and try and do some some silly things on that end. But I don't know, to your point, whether outside of kickback they're going to be producing enough damage. Maybe with swarm hits, I, I don't think an Insecticon healing plan is really going to work, given that they're all made of paper. I mean, the big thing, what they have going for them is small little combinations that can that can snowball into an overwhelming board state. Right. So they're, they're slight inner... And the other thing you have going for them is, now this is, and this is, well, unequipped. So with no upgrades on them, no, no like, ability cards that interact with them, per se. Uh-huh. Um. Like the way that you know Dino Chomp interacts with Dinobots, or like um, start your engines and inter- interacts with cars. Like Swarm isn't really doesn't have to have like you know attached to it and set the con or like have anything to do with whatever you're actually doing for the turn, other than trying to do damage, or trying to heal. Like it doesn't, it's not dependent on the attack, right? Like these other cards are. Um, they, from a pure the card itself, like the bot itself, they're stronger. Like just the just the the pure bot with no additional cards. Like they don't need upgrades to be more powerful. You don't have to add a bunch of weapons to them and things like that. Like they're out of the like lack of a better term. Like they're out of the box abilities are synergistic enough and powerful when all four of them are in play or started in play that the early game without any setup they can have an advantage. The only problem with them is they all want to attack in in, in bot mode. So right. you need like four, like it makes rollout completely bad. It's it's a bad card for that deck. Um, so you can't transform into bot mode without rapid conversion like multiple times in a turn. So it becomes awkward. Yeah, um, but like if the second go round, if you were to like all out attack on the second go round with like even like three of them still alive, like you can be in a good position there. I think. Right. I think it's. Given that they're one of the teams that were pushed in this in wave one, they're going to show up, and yeah. they are a memorable team. I mean, I've been, like I said, I brought props. I don't know if 
Sorry, I'm <laughs> shifting a little bit. But I dug out my G1 Insecticons, and I have one of the, the newer versions. I didn't go digging to get all of them out, but uh, I do definitely want to play them. I think there's something there. I think the math is a little more complicated than I've put the effort into to figure out. But I think you're bringing up good points that it's, okay, yes, you might be able to make them work, or you could just, you know, turn into a fire-breathing robotic dinosaur and just crush things. Like swarm... So, if you build... Like, you should build your deck heavily orange, obviously. Yeah. Um, you're an aggressive you're an aggressive deck, um, and swarm happens to be orange. Like, th- there's not even, like, a, a question as to, like, what, which which way you should go, and they have very low defenses and very low hit points anyway. Um, and... So, if you assume swarm... And let's just assume you don't set it up somehow with like a brainstorm and like an incoming transmission. So you're just like real literally going off the top. Right. Like you should probably have both double orange cards in your deck. So like you hit one of them and then like you do four, let's just say Swarm does four. Like it's not that's less damage than you're going to do with a Dino Chomp or you know, it's more than Jaws of Steel, but it's less than you're gonna do with a Dino Chomp, it's less than you're going to do with a Start Your Engine. It's less than you're going to do with a, you know, uh, it's less overall hit points than like the, like a, a full-on bombing run and things like that. I mean, the advantage is it doesn't matter when you play it. You can play it when you only have one guy left and it's still going to flip four cards. Mm. And it is, quote, like out of hand damage as opposed to combat damage. So it has that advantage and it may be able to close out a game um, if like, you know, you're both down to one guy or something like that. But uh-huh. I just don't think that, and Bug Bomb is not playable in my opinion, so you just, you don't have a lot of like, their synergy in the cards comes from the bots themselves, not from the cards they're able to use. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to find a a version that uh, takes advantage of that. So you um, do have, you know, so are you saying there's kind of an upper limit to their potential, at least right now, by virtue of that? Because if they aren't looking for cards, you know, you get your team, and that's kind of what you get. I mean, they have some cool combos. Like, like there's the, you know, there's Chop Shop, basically, like the Chop Shop Ironhide Blaster combo, where basically it's on somebody else, and he attacks, and it goes onto him. He doesn't take the two damage, and he gets, like, a plus three attack. Like, that's obviously really powerful. Right. You have, like, um, if you use Barrage, he's... Um, he's still the the best attack value per star, assuming you get the bowl two like in the game. Yeah. Um, kickback is still whatever like essentially bolt six <laughs> yeah. with a zero attack. Like I mean, and again, if you build your deck right, like that can be a significant amount of damage. And like you said, the ransack ability coming back from the scrap pile can also be a lot of damage. Besides, um, you know, his normal like he's another another great target for that Ironhide Blaster himself because he'll take damage and he'll get the big giant plus three and all that. So it, it's right. Really, so there are subtle combos within them that I think are powerful. It's just that the problem is pretty, they're pretty much going to get attacked and get one-shotted every single time by any like lone big guy deck or like any of the unfair, you know, like over-the-top bots you'll see. Like, you know, They'll probably die to a wheeljack hit. They'll probably die to a souped up jet hit. They'll probably die to, you know, a souped up dinobot hit. 
Right. They'll die to a Optimus. They'll die to a Megatron, so on and so forth. That's the problem that I have with them is just you have to win very quickly. And, like, the best way I think they can win is start of round two, you all-out attack. You start uh. all-out attack. And then, like, you should still – your opponent should, be, should not be in a position because you had four characters where, like, they're totally suited up and you can't get through them. Like, that's you, – you're going to have a very small window where – if you play that card early on, like around round two, the second wave of attacks, you could probably steal a game pretty easily with the use of that card. That makes sense. And I think you're you're on this or the same wavelength as me. I do really like them. You brought up a couple things, like Ironhide Blaster, uh, or Laser rather, is something that it... I do like the idea, um, and obviously they're... It's one of those things that I think is going to show up in a lot more decks over time. It was not something that I considered initially, uh, just because, I don't know, I've had some weird interactions in games where things that are, are getting one shot that shouldn't, and then Insecticons are living way longer than I would have expected. Uh, but hmm. you did bring up something that I was discussing with Landon from TCG Rollout. I'm not a huge fan of Bug Bomb either, just because, from my perspective, it was... I don't want my guys dying anyway. Yes, I, right. I get a benefit, but I would rather they just not die. Um, and I feel that deck space could be used for something else. I mean, it, I have it in my Insecticon list now just because it's very preliminary, but is that the same train of thought that you're going with? Yeah, see, my whole thing is that the game, the most devastating part, I think, of Bug Bomb is like your opponent has to discard a card. Right. Um, and the game rapidly gets to a point where both of you are playing off the top without a plethora of card draw in one deck or the other anyway. And with you, with the, I think the only benefit you get is like, isn't it just like a small heal and like you get to draw a card or something like that? Uh, there isn't just, a huge amount of benefit. The, you, they discard one here. I can pull it up because I've swarm up on stream right now, but let me, uh, do this real quick. So we got, Looking for bug bomb, so it, I'm pretty sure it's because you get three effects, I believe. We'll remove that. I know they discard a card, you draw a card, and like and, oh, and they scrap an upgrade. Yeah, it's it's like the problem with the game right now is that so many decks are focused on. I'm just going to grenade launcher you all the time. That like there might not even be an upgrade in play, and if they are in play, it might not be like some playing things like scrapper gauntlets or drill arms and things like that get you quote card advantage because you have a permanent advantage mm -hmm. um but this to me like to draw a card is not that big of a deal like it's just too much that has to go on like you're, you're gonna want to put this as a utility on a guy there's probably better utilities you could use and uh so i don't know i don't think it's worth the deck right. slot to me and it's blue so you're never gonna want to like get it off the off the top either so i don't see any use for it yeah it's <sighs> Aside from not wanting your guys to die anyway, and the argument is, oh, well, it's a deterrent. To me, it's, as you said, the, is there an, or are there enough situations where there's an upgrade on the board that I need to remove, I need to rely on my opponent to allow me to remove it, and are they going to have any cards in hand? Are they going to have cards in hand that they're going to care that I make them discard? If you're not going over the top with disruption elements, it feels like it's... It just doesn't do enough. And like you said, yeah. it, I could 
there are other utilities I'd rather have on somebody if I had the option. And most importantly, and I'll, I'll be, I'm actually working on an article for this now. It, it takes up your, your upgrade play for the turn when you play yeah. and you need, and I, I, I'm right now trying to figure out the math on essentially like my theory is that you need to get a certain amount of, and I'm, I'm using hit points as the, like, um, the common denominator among cards. So you need to get a certain amount of value out of every card that you play. You have four actions in a turn. You have playing an action card, playing an upgrade, transforming your character, and attacking. And you need to get a certain amount of, for lack of a better term, hit point damage or card drawing that's eventually going to lead to hit point damage, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So you can figure out the amount of value you're getting out of each play. And, and this is not on that spectrum because you're just not doing enough like, mm-hmm. with, and, and, and the conditions like you're not even getting it right away. So I don't even know how to even count it as like, as part of like a calculation like that. So that's so what I really also don't like. I it. guess it then goes without saying that you're not a fan of the scrap no plan to bug bomb your own guy, eat him and then get all the effects immediately. No. No, I, I just don't think that like tapping a guy is even worth like losing a guy over. Right. Um, I mean, I guess if you somehow had a hand with like multiple I still functions in your hand, you could sacrifice the ransack right away and then consistently get two big attacks. Because I mean, the problem there is that you're not losing. Like, cause Scrapnel will eat. Like, cause Scrapnel can eat three attacks. So like, hmm. you, you you could have him be tapped and then constantly be being rack ransack or something like that. Like, if you had some kind of hand where you helped it with multiple I still functions, then I can see wanting to use the Scrapnel ability, but like he's gonna be vulnerable if he's in if he's in the bug mode to do that right. without a rapid conversion. So um it's gonna be tough. Like I, I just don't think it's again, I still don't think it's worth the deck slot, especially because it's blue. Right. Well since we went through most of the Insecticons there, which <laughs> if we Sure. Uh, I which I think was good. I think it's important to preface a lot of it because I mean, I'm sure we'll end up repeating ourselves, but at the same time, it's Insecticons were one of the premier decks, or are one of the premier decks, because it's so heavily emphasized because there's so many cards. Not just characters, but obviously Bug Bomb, Swarm, other things that want to interact with them. People are going to try it, so I think it's worth talking about. Uh, yeah, I just I think people just need to be careful of like comparing one sub-team to another, because I think that every deck in this game that I've made seems to attack you on different um, like vectors, for lack of a better term. Like, different uh, axes. Right. That was the word I couldn't think of. Uh, no, um, no problem. Uh, like cards wants to continuously have their guys be untapped and be able to attack you multiple times and eventually get you to a point where you're attacking on that last part of the turn with all your guys, with them not able to react naturally without like using an all-out attack, for example. Mm. Dinobots just wants to get a bunch of bold and do as much damage as they can and then trample over with Grimlock. Um, Planes wants to remove damage from their guys and use out-of-hand damage to supplement their decent combat stats. Tanks wants to kill you with Pierce and Dark Mount, you know, for example. Optimus is his own deck in of itself that wants to gain card advantage through, uh, you know, extra abilities and the, you know, the potential ability to attack with him more than one time in a turn. Nemesis wants you to defend, defend, defend until you get him bigger and so on and so forth. So the, the, it's not... The sub-teams happen to have theme, but it doesn't necessarily mean that like some of these cards can't just be used on their own and there's not like good stuff decks out there and it's not... 
the 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 cards don't force you to have those teams. There's just certain right. cards that are better when used together. So right, right. I mean, everybody's flocking obviously to the various teams. Uh, I'm, I, I'll admittedly, I've been doing the same thing. Those are I'm sitting next to all of them right now, and it's basically all the ones you just named. But I'm very curious to see what those good stuff decks. I I think Hound is probably going to find a home. Chromia, as we talked about on last episode, so. Anybody out there listening, definitely check it out on YouTube or over on VectorSigma.info. Scott hosted it over there as well. Um, but as far as the purple team, um, if we actually start looking at the specific characters, so the, the first one up, if going alphabetically, Barrage, obviously we just talked a lot about Insecticons, but I think he's also the good stuff one, where if he's going to, aside from Scrapnel, if there are ones that are going to show up on other teams, I think it's going to be him. Yeah, he was in my Nemesis Prime list that I listed um, that I the article I posted on Vector Sigma this week. Yep. Um, he for a seven drop. I mean, he had. I mean, as all car as all as the math goes, if you build your deck correctly with enough enough orange, take advantage of bold. Um, he has the highest attack per stars in the game. If you assume that you're going to you know get ec- at least a two extra attack off of that bold two, he's able to attack somebody that's damaged. In a more normal deck, again, the Nemesis deck, this doesn't occur very often either, but in a normal attack-based deck, he should get that bolt too, because he'll he'll be your third attacker, so you make sure you get it. Um, He just has extremely high stats. He has extremely high amount of hit points um, for his cost. Um, I don't like his flip ability. I don't like his transform into alt ability, because I don't think Pierce 2 is worth um, the investment. It's pretty good and limited. Um, yeah. He's just a very good like, like I feel like he's gonna be like a sealed deck, like limited superstar, format, like yeah. all star. Yeah, I think um, it's worthwhile to have it just as a utility because obviously there are gonna be scenarios where it's no, I I need this to guarantee it. But I agree with yeah. you. He's basically gonna be in bot mode the whole time, swinging it out that way. I, I, it the stats just favor him so much. I kind of he has really good stats first class. I kind of wish that he and Bombshell, our next one, were switched because hmm. I just want the original G1 ones to, <laughs> to have all the cool stuff. <laughs> uh, I I know of Barrage, but I just don't care about him as much as I care about Bombshell. Which, so, which by the way, I'm Bombshell. also happy that they got his name back because for a long time he was Hardshell, which was uh, okay. really weird. Because I don't know if it was a, I doubt it was a copyright thing. But it, it, the only other thing I could think of is a, you know, you, you don't want to use the word bomb so in a kid's thing. Yes, yeah, so probably. That's the only yeah. other thing I think of. But I'm glad he's back to his original name. Yeah, he's in the, like, I mean, the four defense, I think, is the, I mean, tied with other, I think it's the highest, like, base defense you can get on a bot. And yeah. Because it's in his alt mode, um, he's going to start the game with it. Um, his attack is very. I don't. He, I think he just costs too many stars for what he does. If I he think costs one better. less, I'd be much much happier with him. Like literally, just one. Yeah, less. I, I think this is. I think at some point, and I'm not sure. Like I can't speak to the design process, but it seems to me like they really overcosted defense, and I understand why because you should defend more than you're attacking. Because uh, you can only you. I mean, other than through untap effects, you're generally attacking with a guy once a turn, but you could be defending multiple. So yeah. 
a high defense stat will actually have more of a, an effect on the board than a high attack stat will. Right. Um, but that's not the way the game's playing out. And because he's an Insecticon, and I think he's, yeah, he's melee. So, like, there even there isn't a lot of, like, I mean, you can put power on but if you use that kind of deck. Yeah. Um, I just don't know what kind of defensive team wants an eight-star guy that's they can only, they can only attack like so low and has zero abilities. So yeah. I just think you're I think just think he's overcosted. Yeah, unfortunately I agree with you. It did the four defense was important for a while before we knew all the cards, before we really saw how things were gonna shake out. Uh you can get a four wide Insecticon team with him, but I I forget who you have to skip. Um but it, I remember it being awkward and it, I felt that yeah. I'd rather just have Scrapnel, Ransack, Kickback, and um, uh, now I'm blanking on the other name. Uh, the one we literally just talked about, Barrage. Oh, uh, Ransack? I said Ransack. I, I oh, uh, blanked on Barrage. So yeah. <laughs> I, we literally just talked about him. Um, yeah. But yeah, I wish I bombshell had a little bit more of a place, but it is what it is. I think he's a good limited card again. Yeah. So do you like Chop Shop at all? I feel he's a little too cute. Um, I really like the combo with the with the Ironhide laser. Yeah, that is a good um, point. The I and I think the way he works is if you give him a weapon that has bold, he doesn't get the bold. I think that's how it works because like there was I think you had to be bold before like that kicked in or something like that. I think that's how it works. I vaguely recall seeing something like that. That I I really should have wrote it down because now if I were to try and go back and find it, I'll never find it. I'm pretty sure he doesn't get the bold. So, like, that yeah. limits his options with, like, Power Sword and, and uh, Flamethrower, right. which is usually going to be in those. Uh, those those types of bold weapons are probably going to be in those um, in those decks. So, like, I, I think you can... It's definitely the Ironhide Blaster is definitely, like, a good combo. But even just, like, if you had a primary laser, if you had another... Um, another weapon and I, I and also the way his the way that they the same ruling they had for um new designs where you can move um when you move like equipment that has or upgrades that has like when attached to a character so like it would reattach to him mm. so like if you had things like drill arms or if you had things like um what's the other one um scrapper gauntlets or the utility one right i don't know why you play that one but um, if you had any of those and they reattach to him, their abilities will go off again. So yep. again, I think he fuels some of this like like the cutesy plays that the Insecticon deck can do. And so that's why I, I think he has some play. It's just gonna take it, it's like the other characters have to live long enough for that for that to happen. I don't think it's mm. that unrealistic um because you have a lot of um repetitiveness with this yeah, with these plays. Um, again, I don't, I don't like his flip ability because obviously all the upgrades go away. But I can see, and his def- his defense just isn't big enough. But I do like some of these plays he can do. With, with do you foresee upgrade. Jetfire Chop Shop builds? Uh, I can't think of any upgrades off the top of my head that are utilities or armor that you're really going to want to yank over. I guess scrapper gauntlets and things like that. Uh, but it, it does allow you to keep feeding them and kind of get an extra one into play to give you more options. Yeah, I mean, he, there's if if you're facing off against like an 
like any of this kind of stuff. Like like a, if you're facing off against a deck that constantly puts out weapons, you the you know I guess that wouldn't work. Well, yeah, it would work. So like if you you would constantly recur scrapper gauntlets or something like that. Like if right. you were facing off against something like that, it would it you know it would give you a lot of play for not a lot of for I think no investment in actual other than your other than the investment in the transform for the turn. Right. Um. So you'd still be able to play an upgrade. Still be able to play a card. Um, if your card was to transform and you transform back into Jetfire or something like that, you're attacking bigger. What? Um, but that's not that big of a deal. So yeah, I can see where, you know, an engine like that could be powerful against certain certain opponents for sure. I would definitely run that like little side stuff in any one of these versions for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, it's something that maybe will take on a more solid form down the road. I, I'm not sure the cards are there right now either to necessitate something like that or to support it. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so we're finally done with bugs, at least for now. <laughs> they'll they'll show up again. So yeah. don't worry, all, all uh, you people, bug lovers out there, they'll be back. Uh, so Dark Mount, which is somebody else that I specifically went looking for a prop for because I said this at my release event. I bought this guy years ago from the Generations line because he's the probably the only Transformer I'm aware of that has this pick. I'm trying to do the camera at the same time. This pickaxe as a weapon. Mm -hmm. I've never seen that before, so I said, alright, that guy looks really cool. I don't know who he is, I have no attachment to him, so I was going to eBay him not that long ago, like literally a couple months ago, and then they released his card, and I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe I'll keep him, I don't know. Wasn't he called, like, Straxus or something like that? Yeah, so the he's actually Dark Mount on the one I have, but I think the Japanese okay. release was Straxus. Or he so was a, the, a repaint or in remote. the G one Marvel comic. He was Straxus. Yes, yeah, there he was. I believe another one I mean, where I'm not I, really sure why. I remember they as a kid. I remember as a kid, it was an awesome like three part comic uh -huh. where like it showed you what was going on on Cybertron while, and that's where Blaster first got introduced and like a couple of the other. I got. I don't know what you want to call them. Like season two, generation one. I think that's where. And grapple and some of them were right, right, and even Red Alert. I think they were still hanging out there, but like Straxus was the deceptive, like Shockwave was he was like the Shockwave basically from the cartoon, like the guy left on Cybertron to run, yeah, Cybertron. Um, and he was just like he was drawn really poorly, like a big purple box, like the art wasn't very good, but like it was, <laughs> he was cool because like I remember them fighting over Pit of Acid, and like it was just a cool, like cool few comics and then I, I like I couldn't believe they made him into a card and I didn't know his name had changed at some point there but well he's he seems I mean anybody who has the history like you were saying just now of reading those comics is going to recognize him uh to my knowledge he hasn't shown up in any other than that generation story <laughs> which I don't know if anybody knows him and I appreciate that they're digging into all of these different lore elements from all across Transformers history, but some of them are like, well, okay, but you didn't have Soundwave in set one? Yeah, <laughs> that's probably for a mechanical issue. But I'm sure, yeah. And somebody, yeah, somebody had mentioned it, that it, it could be specifically the, the cassettes will be a new mechanic in a later set. Um, yeah, and then I, I think Brian had a video where he mentioned that like a good Decepticon starter deck, if they make that, would have him in it as well. Oh yeah, that, that absolutely makes sense. So, yeah. as far as Darkmouth, the actual card, he's a key component of the tank team. So, the Uncommon Megatron, him, and Demolisher. 
Uh, I, we yeah, were so talking I, about. I, I like him mm. a lot as a card. Yeah, but he's but his but his hit points are like criminally low. Oh, believe me, yeah. <laughs> so he, um, it's sad. Unfortunately, both it, the irony of the tanks being so susceptible to being one shot. I mean, yeah, you have a four defense or a three defense, but some of these decks can get up there. Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine he has a body armor on him. Uh, I think he's he's melee in bot mode and ranged in alt mode, so you right. flip him and then you, you put the body armor on him. And then, I mean, then you're talking about, like, I mean, if you keep him in bot mode and you're facing off against a ranged character, you're talking about pretty much always having, like... You know, All the defense. defense in the right <laughs> Yeah, something like eight or nine. I mean, something that's like really, really good. Right, right. Um, that's not really that hard to achieve. I mean, even if he flips back into alt mode with like a body armor on him and a well built deck, I mean, we're back to talking about like an eight defense. And again, I think that's where the design team probably got a little scared by these high defensive numbers that we mentioned earlier. Right. So there, they may, there may have been, they may have had a tweak at some point where like ability like this, where every time you flip into alt mode. You were able to easily do damage um, to any target without really any without restrictions other than pitching a card from your hand. I can see where he alone might have had certain effects on the design game oh, because of those yeah. abilities and throwing defense on him. So absolutely, um, I like him, but his hit points are just criminally low. Yeah, he. We we're again. We were talking about this off air, but I've had tanks get one shot, specifically Dark Mountain Demolisher a surprising number of times, like a depressing number of times. And it hasn't completely put me off the tank build yet. I have a couple other configurations that I want to try, but it it definitely was discouraging um, that they were able to get eaten alive so much by so many different things. And I don't know. It, I think it's out there. Again, it's one of the teams that get support. Uh, you have Hunker Down up here, but you also have the uh, Pierce Utility that Landon from TCD Rollout, I think, did a video about today or yesterday. Um, so if you haven't seen that, definitely check that out. He talks at length about what Pierce does for them, and I think that is something that they're going to need, as well as it also obviously being their Achilles heel, but I don't know. I've, all my experiences have been negative with tanks so far, but I feel like I'm just doing it wrong. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, I mean, you have to build your deck like heavily blue to take advantage of body armor, which I know is a red card. But like, you could have hardened the hardened blue one as well in there, which we probably want because the tough armors in a in a tough base deck. It's similar to having flamethrower. Uh, in the bold deck, like it's all going to be synergistic. But in this situation. Because you're going to be defending against multiple attacks, it can have a greater effect to use the body armor versus the hardened, uh, whatever that's called, hardened something, but hardened plating or something. But but I think you'd want both anyway. Um, but I really think the issue, my issue with him, honestly, is that he's nine stars. Like, if he was eight stars, you could use him with decks like Nemesis Prime and a five drop or right. like other, like, to me, he's the perfect... Um, like good stuff card because he has an ability that just does two damage like and he has an ability that you know he can defend against certain teams and like his 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 ability does not re- rely on other tanks or other whatever like you know star screams as other planes and things like that right. he's just a universal two damage but his nine cost 
is really awkward with some of the the larger bots. Like I specifically yeah. would like want to use him with like Nemesis or um like the like there really isn't like an eleven that you want to pair him with, to, and then a five. Like there isn't another nine, and like I don't know a seven. Like like it's it's just a really awkward cost. Like I just wish he I just wish he was eight, but. I mean, that might I don't be think a it would matter much. that much. So I don't, I don't know that that would matter that much. But like, if he was eight, he would just fit in more good stuff teams, right? Yeah, the ability, the fact that you can direct the damage, it's, it's crucial. So that you were mentioning Nemesis, that taking that Nemesis giving the choice to your opponent has a, it influences everything greatly, I guess. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stuttering a bit trying to figure out exactly how yeah, to yeah. phrase it, but uh, you being able to say, no, that guy right there, the one that I'm taking down this turn because of this, is why it matters. And then combined with hunker down, roll out, those sort of things, you can get these sort of flip effects. Um, I really do want him to work. It's just going to take a little bit more work for me to, to make it happen, I think. Um, yeah, like I was even willing to play him as my only tank with Hunker Down, at, just as a card advantage engine, because you would get an armor on him, automatically get two damage out of him, and then, you know, like, it's not... It would be like a rapid conversion that was blue, and you got an armor out of the deal, and you got to do two damage or something. Like, it was just a powerful combo with just him and Hunker Down as a two-card combo. Mm-hmm. But I just... I haven't yet found the, quote, good stuff team to use him with yet. I mean, he may yeah. be another Jetfire candidate or something. I, yeah, that is a good point. There, I feel like there's definitely a few out there. It's just going to take yeah. some time to square away exactly what the composition looks like. So somebody that I personally think is a lot less interesting is Deadlock. Do you have any, yeah. anything real exciting about this guy? No, his... Card draw to me in this game is overrated. So, like, even his ability, even if you were to work to get it off, is just not is not worth it. And mm. his eight cost, even if you were like to use him in a card deck, his eight cost is just too prohibitive. Yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about him. He, no. I'm a little surprised that they went with that good de- and limited. To be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I was a little surprised they went with Deadlock instead of Drift, since Drift, just like Windblade, kind of shows up everywhere now. Yeah, yeah. So from that perspective, it was a little weird, but it is what it is. I guess it was a numbers thing. So somebody that is more interesting is Shockwave. So are you in on Shockwave, or are you not a fan of him? I mean, I'm a fan of him as a character. He's like one of my favorite characters, but um, his 11 cost is very prohibitive. Yeah. Um, his... So, okay, so obviously he's his own deck. So right, and the deck is obviously based on uh, what's the card? Uh, the both players pitch their hand, draw four cards. Card uh, security checkpoint is that the one you're talking about? No, that's that's a double blue one. Um, uh, I know which card you're talking about. Both players discard yeah. all upgrades. You're talking about right? No, but no, that's security checkpoint. The the one is where it's a white card system. Oh, upgrade. system reboot. That yeah, would so make a lot more sense. So, so both, <laughs> yeah, so both players pitch their hand, draw four cards. Mm. So like you do things like you 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 flip them in one turn from from bot to alt, back to bot. Both players draw two cards, and then he scraps those cards and lets them draw four cards. So like you can get little combos like that going. You use security checkpoint to get a bunch of upgrades out of their hand. They discard. You use rapid ascent. They, they discard, so on and so forth. So, like, mm. he's, 
I really like the fact that he um it's splash damage that you're getting for doing other things that you want to be doing and right um his 11 costs though so once you hit start hitting I would say once you start hitting over 10 you you're the focal point of the deck and I and I he is the focal point of the deck but it's it's in a different way so he has three defense really good he has six attack in alt mode really good although I don't know how often you're going to be I guess you can attack in alt mode and then flip back into bot mode when you want to use his ability more often right I just don't know what three character teams you want to have with him um I've seen different versions but none of them have really impressed me all that much um I I think he's a I think he's a solid deck I just think he needs right pairing and I think there's probably a really powerful deck out there with him Mm. I've seen I watched a video where someone like you know their opponent had like I mean, obviously, he destroyed like the Sunstorm deck that the guy was playing. Against. <laughs> I would imagine <laughs> a billion cards in hand, and then he made him discard a bunch and just killed them all in one shot. But like, I think you need to rely on um, system reboot, his flip, uh, and things like that. And I think I think it's a even if you even if they had no cards in their hand, flip flip back and then system reboot. Like them taking two damage, and then you drawing back four cards. Like it's probably you know powerful enough. I just think his his hit points are a little bit low, and there's not a lot of healing in this game, so you're probably going to have to rely on things like Heroism, which is not a card that I've done extensive testing with to see if there's a way to, like, I don't know, to, like, either have sacrificial bots for it or to, like, have a high hit point, like, bot as your secondary guy, and then damage goes on to there to keep him safe. Um, right. You could probably compare him, you could probably combine him with other out-of-hand damage, you probably don't care about the flips as much. I mean, you you you, you definitely want to use security checkpoint anyway, so it's probably um, some combination of like defensive, aggressive. I just haven't built him yet, but I do think he's very powerful. Mm-hmm. I do think he's a very cool card. I do think he does something that no other card does, which is really he allows you to play a battle deck that's different than everybody else, other than just jamming in all the direct damage, like photon bomb and one shall stand, one shall fall, and and plasma burst. Like he just allows you to to put it in other cards and still be doing damage at the same time. So it's like right. you're you're advancing your board while you're damaging your opponent, and that's rare in this game. So I think he mm. is unique. We just I just have to find the right partners for him. And I don't think like in I just I think it requires two other. At this point, I'll be honest. I my first thought after looking through the whole set was. Shockwave doesn't have quite enough support. I mean, as you mentioned, system reboots there, the various discard elements. He feeds his own ability to both players draw cards. But barring plays where you can brainstorm into a rollout, into something else, I feel like it's a lot of effort and the ability is powerful, but it kind of feels like it's either one bot or a couple battle cards short of really being there. I mean, maybe it's out there, but it... It may be. I haven't built it yet, so it may be. Um, but I think it I think it bears... Well, I have is heroism to keep him alive. Right. I no think we lost you there still. for a moment. So you were saying heroism? Yeah, I think heroism is the key card to try. So. And that's a good point. The uh, I have not tried 
Landon's build from his video where he's running Inferno, because that is an idea that I also had. If, okay, well, you have no cards in hand. Congrats, now you do. <laughs> and now I'll rip them out of your hand. But I... The problem is with 211 <laughs> hit point bots, yeah. you don't want them to have upgrades ever, let alone... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely makes things very so. awkward. Yeah. So I definitely think... I. I agree with you about Shockwave. There's going to be something there. Um, moving from him, though, we have Demolisher, who is... Well, we talked a lot about him. I've had him one shot way too many times to feel happy about him. Uh, you just showcased him in a Nemesis Prime deck, which I'm not sure a lot of people expected, but it was the way you explained it, and it, it feels like one of those things that's... Wow, that is so incredibly obvious <laughs> after you see it that it's... Okay, why didn't I think of that? He's an he's an engine card. Um, I what I like about him is he actually multiple types of decks. And if you wanted to put him in aggro deck, feel still going to flip at minimum six cards. Like right. If, you, if for some reason if you put him in an aggro deck, because what tends to happen in this game is that you know armor gives you orange pips and and weapons usually give you blue pips. I know there's exceptions and those are the of course typically the better of them, but typically that's the way that it's been set up. Um, so you could technically use him in a in an aggressive deck with armor as well, and then just continue to flip more cards and have him be like a pretty decent amount of damage for his um, excuse me for his star cost as well. So um, right. I think he has a lot of options. Unfortunately, outside of a dedicated tank deck, he basically has no flip ability. Yeah, um, that's one issue with him, and I'm not a huge fan of uh, bots that don't have flip abilities. But I do think. He's definitely an engine card for things like Nemesis, for things like things like Jetfire and other um, cards that will want to get, you know, even if you build certain prime decks, like things that want to get things back from the scrap. Right. Um, he's a he's a great engine in any of those. And he has four defense, so he should be able to should be able to take multiple hits. Um, right. even if you and you normally you wouldn't care if he gets killed anyway. Um, the only thing I think you would care is is in like an aggressive build. I think he's a he's a great Again, like this good stuff type deck. Even if you like just played him Dark Mountain, some Tendra, for example, that's a you know that's not Megatron, that's a dedicated tank deck. Right. I still think even if you just flipped him and drew a card, that's equal to most other. I think that's I think the six star Bumblebee. I think that now something draws you a card like that's pretty cheap like that. Like yeah, I know the Prime does for like seven. It's that, still that a decent ability on a cheap. So I think it. To your point that he effectively doesn't have a flip in non-tank builds, that may actually be a blessing in disguise, because we have talked about before on the last episode, uh, some teams get cluttered with transform abilities, so it may actually be alleviate some strain where, okay, this guy, I'm going to transform him, he's going to swing, and that's all I have to worry about, and then I can just spend every turn transforming my other guys, and dedicating that action to them. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know if those builds will ultimately be good, <laughs> because you always want to, or ideally you'd rather have him with a good flip so you have the choice, but I guess you could live without it. Yeah, for that cost, you're not, I mean, there aren't a lot of bots at that cost that are gaining you a huge advantage. Right. Um. So I think the fact that he's like in different decks is, is pretty solid for his cost. Right. So after tanks, we're back to bugs, uh, and this is the okay. premier one, <laughs> uh, and that's Scrapnel. So 
if anybody out there doesn't like Scrapnel, I'm sorry, you're probably going to see a lot of them. Um, <laughs> because I can't imagine any Insecticon deck not running him. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up in other decks just to be a wall. Yeah, he's great. Um, he, he has pretty easy attack for his uh, an attack stat for seven. He has five. Um, I've actually, I've had him as a companion in like random big guy decks as good stuff cards, and he's able to soak three hits, which is pretty much what you want out of a guy. Um, if you did run healing cards, um, the problem is you have to run like multiples to get him. Like multiple healing cards will basically give him back an entire turn, but right. it's hard to do. Um, I mean, pretty much any deck that has him, your first action is transform scrapple and attack because he's no matter what they do back to him he's going to take three exactly um so like again he soaks a tremendous amount of damage most dedicated aggro decks don't want to waste these giant numbered attacks on a guy they're only going to do three to so i him and start attacking the other targets right um and that means that he's going to be around later and again five for a seven is not terrible and that gives you time to upgrade him and then he actually contribute on the offensive side depending on how you build your deck so I I think just as I don't think in an Insecticon team he's that great because I think that I think he competes with that star cost with Barrage and I think it's as an aggro deck you want the the Barrage you can't really there's a limited window in this game where you get your opponent to attack a certain direction like you have to attack there because you only have one tapped guy yeah um and so, and because you have to attack every single turn, like even if you were to untap the other guys, they're still going to be tapped again. They just get an extra attack. So, like, there's a limited window where he's the only tapped guy, and you force them in a certain direction. But so, I, and I don't think it's so. I don't think like a dedicated Insecticon team wants to do that. But I do think as a companion, other bots that you want to keep alive, he's really good at that. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of success playing him as, as like a good stuff card so you had mentioned earlier you're not a huge fan of his flip i mean obviously the cost is borderline astronomical it quite yep. literally costs you an arm and a leg um, yes but you do not think tap abilities are worthwhile in general or you just think because it's tied to this specific cost that it isn't good enough uh, i think the cost of having to ko a guy is just too uh just too too much, right? I mean, I know he can. I know he can, you know, KO himself technically. So there may be a, there may be corner case situations where that's the right move. Like, say you have your big guy and him left with like you know six damage on him, and they have just either one or two of their guys, and and, and him soaking an attack is the equivalent of you tapping a guy, but you're doing it more actively. Right. It's going to come down to whether or not that flip is one that you can, quote, waste on a turn instead of transforming somebody else. Um, right. So I'm, I, it's one of these where, like, the ability may make a difference in, like, one match over the course of a day that, like, it's not irrelevant, but it's not, it's not like, why you're playing him or anything like that. Oh, of course, yeah. I, I don't imagine, unless we see a lot of more on-KO effects, that you're going to be too excited about using it. Uh, maybe if there's more interactions, which I'm sure there will be, with specifically tapping an opposing guy, because it is unique. There, to my knowledge, I don't think there are any other effects that let you do it. 
Yeah, I don't think so either. So uh, <coughs> he does have some some options there, but yeah, I agree. His bot mode is really where it's at. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. So uh, more bugs, kickback. Uh, he's really your your attacker for those builds. I mean, we talked about. I think it was off air. Ransack and I still function. Maybe it was on air because we were talking about bugs for a long time. Um, but this guy, similar to Demolisher, is flipping over a gazillion cards every attack. And he, I guess just like we were talking about with Demolisher and a little bit with Scrapnel, where it's economy of flips, I can't imagine you're flipping him back to alt mode virtually ever, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. Um, the difference between him and Demolisher is you need to be a dedicated sec to make his right his semi bold ability or I guess technical bold ability like worth it. Um, I've even tried make putting him in builds with only two other or one other insecticons, and it just doesn't seem worth it. Like for his five cost, right? Like you'd almost rather run Flame War RC all the time for a five drop. I would um, imagine. Yeah, I, 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 so I just think as as a generic, um, like five star, he it's just to fit him into that team. Um, I do think, however, like given the dedicated insecticon team, like he's the most dangerous. Well, at the same time, he's have. also made of tissue paper. I mean, yeah, yeah. hitting 10 yeah. damage doesn't feel like it's going to be all that difficult um, for a no, lot of but, uh, he, as the last, I mean, the, the difference between that deck and others is it has, so he can just be the last one you attack with, so. Right. Um, if he does, he, the other issue that we really didn't mention uh, with Insecticons is, and, and this is another article I'm working on, is, is, you have to understand how much damage you're going to do in an attack, which is a corollary to how much damage you're going to get out of each card. And there's a huge chance with him to overkill by too much. And obviously not everyone has the Grimlock ability where that's irrelevant. Right. Uh, so you just have to be careful that like, cause you have absolutely no, con- you have, I should say you have very little control for how much damage he's going to do. Um, like you, there can be, there can be a law of average may not hit it correctly. You just have to be careful that you're not like quote wasting his ability, right? Um, to overkill somebody. I mean, that's a good point. I, I'm curious long term how much that's going to come into play. Not maybe not specifically with kickback, but just as a general call it the this game's uh, what was that Floris article? The philosophy of fire. Yeah. So something along those lines where he, there is a an axiomatic rule about overkill versus, or the value of guaranteeing a kill and then potentially overkilling versus shooting too low and then missing, you know, something along those lines. Um, I haven't found it to be too concerning because if you could cleanly one-shot someone, I'll I'll take it. You know what I mean? Or even Mm -hmm. in the overkill scenarios, I'm not sure if securing a kill, it matters too much. But it could be something that it's just my own ignorance from not having played enough games. I get what it's you're the saying. Hand cards that you're not expecting that could put them over the top. You know? Right. Eight cards is a lot. To, I mean, six. Yeah, eight cards off the bat with like a certain amount of. I mean, eight cards with like just say like six or seven whites in your deck is pretty much going to be like you're flipping ten cards like almost all the time. And like, oh yeah, with a bunch of double double arms. I've just seen them do a lot of damage, and as long as you can wait until the end to attack with him like he's gonna be your that's why i think the insecticon deck also like has a lot of 
play where you need to make sure you attack in the right order and make sure you're always attacking the right targets and understanding how much damage you have left over. I think they're the they're definitely the best all all out attack deck. Like using that 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 card all out attack, which I'm not usually a huge fan of, but um, as I've said before, because all their abilities are tied to their um, their bot mode, like their the cards themselves, as opposed to the cards that have handed you them, um, you know, the best all out attack deck makes sense. And he's a he's a key part of that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, if you're going four wide, he's going to be included. So the next guy, we were talking a little bit about this in Discord during the week. I was never a fan of this guy in G1. I mean. I liked all the Decepticons, but I never really cared until actually this Megatron, the Fall of Cybertron Megatron, who I thought the was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then following it up with the Transformers Prime Megatron, and then the IDW Megatron, he's quickly become one of my favorite characters. Uh, some of the lines he has in Fall of Cybertron are, are actually hysterical. Because he's so over the top angry all the time, <laughs> it it almost and it it's not bad. It doesn't come across as uh, that's so cheesy that it's uncomfortable. It's he's so it, it's just okay. That is Megatron. I picture him showing up and he's just screaming at everybody and he's ready to tear someone in half. And it made me excited about Megatron. Now, are you excited about these cards? <laughs> Um, I mean, I like this one better than the other one. Yes. Uh, so I don't want this. This card right here is is a great use of Pierce, which is an ability I'm not a huge fan of. But because you have a Pierce number that's sl- almost equal to his attack, it means that basically off the bat, most of your attack is going to be Pierce, which means you can essentially think of it like. The way I kind of think of Pierce is like, let's say you always had Pierce equal to So let's just say, to make the math easier, he had Pierce 4, let's say. Instead of looking at it like it's its own ability, I basically just say he ignores any armor that my opponent has. So like, right. if you're attacking a guy with 3 armor, he basically has 7 attack. If he has, you know, so on and so forth. You basically add their armor to his attack. And that, if you look at Pierce that way, <laughs> if you're able to pile on enough of it, to get close to the base attack, it becomes really powerful. Right. Um, because you can attach his fusion cannon, which this is the only, like, I don't like it on the rare Megatron on this one. Now you're talking about just by equipping one upgrade, having five attack base with six pierce, which is even better because now all you have to do is flip one orange or somehow get one attack on armor or utility. And now every time he attacks, he's doing minimum damage equal to the, the, the number you see on the card. Right. And that to me is where where you want to be with Pierce. You want to just be like, I attack uh, and I'm definitely doing like six. Like, that's obviously way better than just doing like three or something like that. So yeah. um, that's where you want to be with this this deck. I, I just think that the ability is a little over-costed. Um, I the think flip ability you mean? No, just like like whatever was costed into him like the design team thinking that Pierce three was such a relevant ability that we have to have stars and I got flip you. ability, you know, like is decent but still costs you a card. Like, and you know, we've already talked about the the tank deck and all that. Like, I, yeah. I think he's decent 
I just don't know that there's a place for him because I I I just don't think I almost think he's not powerful compared to like um to other cards at this cost. I just think that the Pierce three added to him. I I just think for some reason like there's no reason he couldn't have had like five more. Although it wouldn't have been more attack wouldn't make the Pierce relevant. And for some reason I feel like again. I feel like they're almost overcosting Pierce in a way in this card. It's possible. I think in general fine. you're right about it too with with Pierce, but it, it's also the first set, so I would anticipate yeah. that they're going to be off in both directions on certain things. Some things are going to be way undercosted, some things are going to be way overcosted until they get their feet under them, just like everybody else. Uh, you kind of see it in literally every game. the The first set is always kind of all over the place. Yeah, my only issue is, like, if you gave him a different weapon besides his fusion cannon, like, even if you just gave him, like, a piercing laser, the more, I should say, the more non-fusion cannon attack-adding effects you give him, the worse his pierce is. So it's right. like, that ability, he might as well just be blank on this side, and, and it's kind of, like, awkward in that way, but yeah, I don't think he's that bad, but I, don't, I think he's, he will definitely see play in the tank deck, even though I'm oh. playing, like, one other Right. Yeah, he definitely is there for that build, um, or has to exist in that build, I think. And, and in playing that deck, so Megatron Dark Mount Demolisher, for those of you that are not sure, it's not uncommon to basically hit six attack, like Scott was describing, and then you're just, every attack, you're, you're pegging them for six. And it, that, whether that's good enough, I guess, is really the question. Because most characters, it, Depending on what point in the game it is or what else went on, maybe you had Dark Mouth flips. Six damage is still probably two shotting something in a lot of scenarios. Yeah. Um, so you, you may not be doing enough, and that's the bottom line. Uh, we'll have to see. I'm not sure, again, whether that tank deck is a thing. I hope it is, just because I, I think it'll be fun. One thing I do wish is that they had switched the bot mode artwork on Living Weapon and Decepticon Leader just because I like yeah, I the Living Weapon artwork way more. I agree. Unfortunately, the other one the other one looks like it's actually a toy. Like, one of the things I was holding up before, because yeah. it has back kibble. Yeah. The other one looks like okay, if Megatron showed up that's probably what he'd look like. Yeah, the fusion cannon looks weird in this one compared to the other one, too. Yeah, that as well. There, it, I feel like this was a Megatron toy in, like, the early, mid-2000s, but I can't think of it. Somebody watching, I'm sure, will let us know. Uh, this was the art in the um, in the, the mobile game I played. Right. The second one. Yeah. The rare one. But a lot of this, yeah. I, I think that was a... It's going to drive me crazy, one of the lines, whichever toy line it was, but I think that existed in physical form, but... Anyway, before I digress into that, uh, I kind of agree with you about Living Weapon, the next Megatron, that I'm not a huge fan of him. I mean, he has seven attack, which, I mean, that's a lot. But overall, it just feels you put in so much effort that probably is undone almost by collateral damage, just because everybody's going to run ramming speed or scrapper gauntlets or whatever. It's not that, it's that the the issue with the weapons, and this is why you see 
right or wrong, and I I imagine the answer is right, just given a limited card pool, like you see grenade launcher in almost every single deck, that weapons matter when you're attacking. They don't matter when you're defending. So, like, loading him up to attack and one-shotting a guy is fine. Um, the problem is he falls prey to normally your opponent gets to control who you're attacking. Um, especially if you're wasting time, like spending a bunch of time suiting him up right. with weapons. And then there's more efficient ways of one-shotting that, that doesn't require as much effort on a guy that only has 14 hit points for 13 costs and only two armor. Right. Um, like for the same cost, like the prime is just is way better. Like I, I, I feel like I don't know why they couldn't have just given him the same ability as the prime for weapons as prime has for. Yeah. Maybe I, that would have been too broken. I don't know. Like, but I don't see why that, like, why that's not a thing. It kind of um, feels as though they, this ability happened. So the, we, you can use other slots for, other types of upgrades, regardless of what they are, was a thing that was on a whiteboard somewhere, and it was going on a card in the set. And I guess when they came up with this subtitle, it made the most sense, you know, from a outside the game perspective. That's the only real yeah, justification I can think of. Top down design, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I do appreciate the the flip to recur things, but the fact that. I I wonder if they were scared of that also. So Jetfire directly puts an armor or a utility right on them. But Megatron yep. returns a weapon to your hand, so you have to eat another action to play it. I it, I like it because I just love the recursion. But that seems like it's going to be tough. Yeah, it, it's just too much it's it's too much dedication for what you get out of it in my opinion. Right. Uh, so that's the the rare Megatron. This big boy, the next one, got a whole article from you just yesterday. <laughs> you posted it, Nemesis yeah. Prime. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I got crushed by this guy in my release event, just because <laughs> I would imagine seven attack. It was just okay. Um, he also has like a gazillion health. So what what are you gonna do? Um, but overall, I. I really like him better, I think, than Cosmos, given that when you're looking at the overall reshuffle effect thing. Oh, no doubt. Do the you... question just... Oh, I, mean, I wrote a whole article on it, but the question about him is just whether or not the 10 attack is or whether you have to get 13 based on the deck build. That's really the only question. Right. So anything other than... Which, by the way, if... People aren't sure you're out there listening on audio. You can head over to vectorsigma.info and there's an article up on actually a control deck, which I know a lot of people, or I've seen a lot of people say it across various groups, either on Facebook, in the Discord, on Twitter, whatever, that a lot of people doubt the existence of control decks in this game. And I think, Scott, you put together a pretty good list to make an argument for it. Yeah, it uses bold, which most people would assume is. So I think that's the outside the box thinking you right. need to make to make a deck like that possible. Yeah. So definitely, it's basically just the concept that like you you turtle around for a while, your 
getting cards off the top, and then you're basically once you get to, especially once you get to two reshuffles, he should be one shotting most opponents, regardless. So that should be everything yeah. at that point because yeah. you but presumably yeah. it puts some other amount of damage. It's not like somebody's completely clean at that point. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna brutalize people if you hit that point. Uh, I guess the question is, are you lucky enough to get those reshuffles, hit enough white pips to ensure that it happens? Yeah, you can check out the article I wrote. There's yep. a whole map it takes. It's not as it's not really that difficult, assuming you get like you just <laughs> the deck has so much redundancy. Right. It shouldn't be. So, uh, yeah, definitely head over to VectorSigma.info, check that out. We'll uh, leave the Nemesis discussion to yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Ramjet, uh, the best thing I have to say about him is that he's a melee plane. <laughs> uh, he's good and limited. Yes. <laughs> Seven attack is a lot, like we were just saying, but, uh, yeah, glass cannon is he. Yeah, the, I mean, in limited, you're not in a situation necessarily where... You don't need to look at the situation of I'm going to add my. That's my essential. Like I need to. You can't do that. I can't be one shot in in limited formats like sealed deck and draft and stuff. Fourteen hit points is a good amount. It's a good amount of attacks. And if you're constantly attacking the seven base, yeah, he's definitely pretty decent there. Yeah, he's definitely something to take a look at. Otherwise, I mean, like I said, it's cute that he's a melee plane. Uh, yeah, but other than that, I I don't know. I. I can't imagine slotting him into a plane build over other options, and I don't know if he really has a place elsewhere. So, yeah, he's just over-costed. If he was like yeah. 5, 12, bro, for like 6, I think it would be perfectly acceptable right. and like playable. Not like Just reduce his attack and his hit points by a little and still have this melee thing. I think he's yeah. just there for I'm sure that's the case. It, I'm curious why, and this kind of goes back to something we had said earlier, how they selected certain characters. So he's the only conehead that shows up. You don't get Ramjet or Dirge. So I'm curious right. why they decided to break up some of the teams like that. But, I mean, he does show up in the comics briefly a long time ago. Um, I can't, I don't think he's shown up in any other media recently, but kind of like Dark Mount, it's somebody decided to put him in. So Yeah, the art's cool. So Yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Moving on from there, more bugs, ransack. This guy I really like because of I still function. Um, you can do cute things theoretically with Energon Axe because of the flip. Um, if you can manage to make it work, I guess, a couple turns in maybe. Are you a fan of this guy? Like, do you foresee him showing up anywhere but Insecticon teams? Uh, Dexic would want to use Ironhide's Blaster. That's fair. So, so because like he's automatically going to be like a two off. Like he's his all you know his bot mode's automatically going to get the a benefit two damage. Right. So like, I think he's fine in those situations. So here's the. I don't think his flip is irrelevant either. So yeah, that it actually, if you look at it as a heal, it. I mean, starting the game with a heal on the board, effectively, and one of the larger heals is potentially significant as well. Yeah, his free defense in Batman is really good as well. Right. Um, it may save you from being, like... 
I mean, the only time he's going to be able to be attacked, he's going to have damage on him anyway, and he's probably going to be one shot at, like, depending on the deck, it might be good. Right. Um, so, I think he's fine. I think, I think he's, a, for six, I think you're right. I think, like, you know, he's an Insecticom where you actually would, like, want to roll out and want to rapid convert to use that heal over and over again. Um, he basically changes, like, he can, he can change focus from your opponent from, okay, he, he probably screws up the math as to how many attacks and cards they thought it was going to take to take out their target mm. by healing that two on board, so. Right. My issue with him, and this isn't really a big problem, but the biggest problem I've had with him is it's very difficult to get a significant amount of damage out of him without an still function, meaning yeah, that he's fair. already dead. It just because, okay, your attack's two, or your attack, you know, maybe if you use the Ironhide Blaster, you could pull something together there. It's just, the Insecticons in general, if you're playing four wide, they don't have a lot of health. They, they just don't live very long. And as a result, you're, you almost want to sacrifice him simply to get the ice to function play, but you can only have three of those, so it makes it a little complicated. It's, it's a very delicate dance with him. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think you need to, you want to have enough time where his, even just flipping him like once becomes relevant throughout right. the course of the game, and then, and then he gets to attack plans for a big amount, so. So the biggest question is, is this guy a locust, a grasshopper, or a cricket? I think he's a cricket, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I'm not a bug expert, and when it's giant <laughs> Cybertronian bugs, I'm not. I'm definitely not sure. Uh, so what he said. Oh, you pull up TF Wiki. No, I, I'm not looking at it, but I was curious what. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll have to check that out later. I am very curious because between. It, there are a number of them that fit that. Uh, I don't know if they are grouped as a species. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know that much about that sort of bug or any bugs for that Me matter. <laughs> um, so moving on from the bugs, we're back to planes, and this is Skywarp. Now you were saying before we were before we started recording that he's been. I mean, it's kind of obvious he doesn't isn't exactly sturdy, but you haven't no. had a whole lot of luck with keeping him alive at all, even with the bot mode ability? No, because you're back to this awkward thing where the planes want to flip into their alt mode to do their ability, especially Thundercracker. The uncommon star scream. So, like, you don't want to waste a transform on putting him into bot mode, which doesn't really change the combat math, just to maybe be able to transfer a bunch of damage to somebody else, unless you have an Energon Axe in hand. Right. Like off the bat, or at some point, I guess, like before, at some point before the other bots attack, so that you get the Energon Axe um, ability to play it before they attack, which is obviously what you, you're looking for. Right. Um, I mean, obviously, even then, I, I, oh god, yeah, you'd have to run a lot of white to make it happen. Also, right. I mean, he obviously has to be there for the three wide playing team. You, you yeah. just don't have a choice the way the numbers work out. Um, do you think? the three-wide plane team is a thing, or do you feel that since Skywarp has been so lackluster for you that you'd rather just go with two and whatever else? Uh, in my testing, they've been really disappointed um, because of how... Because as the plane player, which I was during testing, it just became 
I didn't want any of my guys to be attacked, which is obviously not possible. So right. it became this awkward situation of like, as soon as Skywarp attacks, he's going to get one shot like by the Dinobot deck that we we're testing against. Right. Um, pretty easily too. Like you know, Snarl puts a double orange on top and attacks like the guaranteed seven. Like it, it didn't take you know one weapon and one ability card. Didn't take much to just one shot him. Yeah. And that dr- drastically reduces the power level of the starting flip. Um, and so on, sort of the, even if you use slipstream, it would drastically reduce the, you know, her ability as well. So it was a case where you wanted to wait to attack with him, but then you're, I don't know what you want to call it. Like you're more, your better planes were then susceptible to, uh, to be attacked. So it right. just, it was just a really awkward situation where you didn't really want any of your guys attacked. And obviously that's a realistic situation. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of clunky. I mean, I doubt we're going to get a whole lot of cheap planes overall. Uh, maybe it, when Power Glide makes an appearance and see with a Minicon. Um, but I mean, planes, you'd expect them to be big, heavy star cost, big stats. Uh, and since they all want, or maybe not all, but most of their support cards and things such as Starscream want other planes, it's it is in this awkward spot, and yeah, I'm not a huge fan of relying on, well, if I get lucky, Skywarp will possibly survive, assuming that I don't want to just, you know, let my other guy die. Because you are still using his defense value, which most of them are around that level. But putting a whole lot of damage on one of your other planes on turn one may not be what you want to do anyway. Right. Yeah, and yeah. you didn't. For me, it was not wasting the transform honestly, because because without a transform card, you were you want to basically like assuming your three planes survive, you want to be if if they have a melee on their side, you wanted to be like transform Thundercracker, transform it back, transform like every turn, you just want to be transforming Thundercracker because you want the two damage as often as possible. Of course. Um. Or you want to transform Starscream right away because you know Skywarp's going to die relatively quickly, so you want to at least get that two damage off at some point, and you'll still have Thundercracker as this engine. Um, I just it just didn't work out, like because Skywarp just kept getting one shot, and then it was like these guys aren't that great. So, right. um, I think Thundercracker is good on his own. Um, that's probably where I see it right. Yeah, I where it stands right now. The most success I've had was actually a build you posted uh, on VectorSigma.info with Jetfire, Skywarp, and uh, Slipstream, who's our next card. Uh, I did not have a whole lot of success with the traditional Seeker team. And I think they, yeah. Thundercracker, for example, could exist in his own build, like you were, I think you were alluding to. Um, yeah. Now, Slipstream, I mean, it, a lot of people have said it, you've said it as well, that most of the planes don't want to attack his planes. They want to attack his bots, Slipstream being one of them, which makes her ability, on the surface, it seems really strong. But it, it makes it super awkward. Yeah, it's good with Jetfire because he wants to attack as a plane. That was pretty but that the second article on Bold. Yep. Um, and the reason why you use Bold in that deck is to, is to make her bot attack more effective to get the extra plus three mm. because otherwise as a three attack character for eight she's just really underpowered oh yeah um so 
you know, similar, <clears throat> I think, I think, again, as a design theory perspective, I think because Slipstream and Cliffjumper, I think, were the first two Transformers we saw, it seems like they trans they turned a lot of, like, static abilities into transform abilities. And I wonder how many of the other transform abilities we've seen now were originally, like, kind of just, like, onboard effects, like the way the Cliffjumper is in the Slipstream. Um... Yeah, that's a good and point. I, 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 did, I hadn't thought about that as far as how many they may have shifted through testing. Yeah, and I mean, take a look at that second deck. That's I think that's the deck because it still it still takes advantage of being plain. Um, she is another potential case. Like, if you can, if you have all three colors pretty well represented in your deck, and you just want to basically attack with her as a six. Um, you know, for eight, she could be fine with occasionally doing some, uh, you know, direct quote unquote out of out of hand damage. But um, right in general, I think that plain deck I posted is probably the best use for her. Yeah, I I do like that build. I have a slightly different or, or kind of modified version of it, but yeah. it's basically mm-hmm. within a few cards. Um, it's something I want to keep trying because, like I said, the the overall Seekers together just don't seem to be great, despite the next card, Air Commander, Starscream. I misread Yeah, I wanted him. this card to be good so bad. Well, I misread him the first time. I thought it was for all your planes. I'm like, wow, you're doing three direct damage right off the bat? Great. Yeah, that's not actually the case. It's two, which is still <laughs> yeah. good, but not... It, there's, there's a threshold there where it, it's... Okay, I'm happy. I'm okay with it, but I'm not really happy. Yeah, he's so awkward because, and, and I've seen gameplay videos where this gets, I guess you could say, messed up a lot. You can see on the screen the cards next to each other in alt mode and bot. You can't tell me ever that the the alt mode on the left is ever the correct attack mode, like just ever. There's right. just no, no even close comparison to these two to these two modes. Like bold two plus one attack plus one defense. You should never be tapped and attacking not in. And yet his transformability is where all is where the extra damage comes from. Right. And so you you have the situation where like like turn one you flip him to to bot mode, but you don't want to attack with him because you don't want him to be vulnerable. Um, and then turn two you flip him back. If both your other planes are alive, you do two damage. But you don't really want to, like... That's not a situation you want Thundercracker to attack in either, because you need to play abilities for him. So, like, you wind up attacking with Skywarp, he gets killed, which is what I said earlier when we talked about him. And then, like, okay, so even if he doesn't get killed, now Starscream flips back to bot mode. I mean, back to alt mode. He does two to something. Unless you have a rapid conversion, or you played a rollout in your hand... You can't attack with Starscream this turn because you can't transform him back. So you can't, you wind up without playing any transformer effects. You can't get him back into, um, bot mode until turn three to attack with him. Yeah. And it's just too long because now you like Thundercracker didn't get the transform. Skyworm didn't get the transform. It's just, it's just, it's just too, like we need like another, the, like they needed to have a plane, all your planes transform type card. And I don't know. You damage for one of them something else like they needed a card like 
start your engines or hunker down. Like they needed that card more than tanks or cars did because they rely on transforming, which I think is a like one of the best parts of the game. Yeah. It's just way too awkward because they all need to do it and they all need to do it at the right. I think the only other way that it, it could have worked is if, I mean, this specific card is overcosted. I feel in general, but if, Everything was a little more overcosted across the game to drag the game out so that you could naturally transform over the course of a game that many times. You'd also be okay, but I agree with you. Without a plane, start your engines. It just takes too long. You spend half the game not doing nothing, but borderline doing nothing comparatively. Right. It's unfortunate because it, the ability is really cool, but I can see why they, they probably didn't get it was exactly because of this card. Thundercracker, at least, is a little limited in what he could target. If you have two of them and you could be flipping Starscream every turn, I could see why in their testing maybe that would have felt oppressive. Yeah, I, I think the game must have been different where games took longer, so like... Mm. This ability was able to be gotten off like twice in a game, and that's like much different than the way that I have found games to be. Right. I mean, it's entirely possible that, again, going back to this is literally the first set, maybe they just didn't want to push the envelope too much with this. So, hey, here's your star scream. Yeah, I just hate that he's such like an iconic character. Oh, yeah. Just not that good. Well, if, if so. that uh, hypothetical Decepticon starter happens, maybe we'll see another one. Yeah. Um, yep. Now this one, the other star scream, bold one, tough one. At least he wants to attack in plane mode, but he's ten stars. It, it's just that's tough. I can't see why you'd ever play this over Jetfire. Yeah. I it, mean, there's no. I can't even think of a single. I can't think of a single reason for Jetfire because there's no dedicated Decepticon cards. Like there is the Matrix for Autobots, so I I can't see and I think Jetfire's just better. So I can't see any reason. You played this over Jetfire. I'm with you. There's not much to say about him. Uh, Sunstorm, we might have a few more words for, though. I, I had a list that... I don't know where I put it, but I I had a list that I, I had I wanted to try out. I haven't sleeved it up yet, but he's definitely interesting. Most of my games, no matter what I'm playing, I don't usually have a whole lot of cards in hand. Like, I, I, obviously you could build the deck to draw a bunch of cards, but I'm curious, and I gotta see if somebody posted a bunch of videos or anything, how big this guy gets on average. Yeah, Wreck and Roll posted a video, I haven't watched it yet, deck tech with him, obviously he's a piece of the deck. Mm. Um, you, you basically just play all the card stuff, brainstorm, multiple draw, like, you know, even like the draw three, discard two, like the, um... You know, things like incoming transmission, things like uh, system reboot, like to start it and things like that. And right, right. You can get him up to a, to, a, to a good amount. I mean, I think all you really need to do is get like, oh, you play like all, I, I guess, I guess he played like all the, all the scrapper gauntlets type cards in his hand and he played a bunch of specialists so he could like play like the thing that lets you play multiple equipment because they keep replacing themselves if they don't have those because they let you draw you. It's like it's not a bad idea. The one that kills armor, yeah, you have the one that kills armor. If there's no armor in play, you draw that. So they're replacing themselves. I think the key card to it was um, 
equipment enthusiast, yeah, that's the key card to it. So what yeah. you do is you you play equipment enthusiast and Chromia to get an equipment enthusiast back. Chromia's ability when she attacks draws you two cards. So like as long as he attacks like at a base, I would say like eight or nine. Like you keep him in alt mode the whole time until he wants to attack because he has much higher defense. He says somehow are able to attack him. And then you attack last with like eight or nine. And then he's fine. Um, I just think his partners are too flimsy, especially if it's like Chromia. Yeah. Um, but there may be something there. I just, it's not the way, it's not a deck that I can see myself ever running because it's not the type of deck that I would run. Like I am one that likes to draw cards and use them and play them out right away. Like, right. it's not my style. Like it's a, it's too combo-y for me. Right. Um, to hold all these cards in hand, but I could see where as long as you can get to, as long as you can get to an acceptable number that's like not eight, nine, or ten, I'm totally fine with it. Um, because then he rivals other guys of his cost because again, he has to be the biggest guy that you have on the team. Um, but, you know, from, I think if he can get anything above that consistently, obviously his second, you know, it just snowballs from there. Like his nine. If your guys have lived, you're doing the same thing for another round of turns. Now you're talking about literally attacking for like 15. Like, yeah. then at that point, it's a much different situation. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. I would have to see it play, but I think he has potential. Um, and I think anytime they would print like a generic draw card, you have to be aware that this card exists. Yeah, there, there are a number of cards along those lines, like Sunstorm, where it's every new set that comes out, you're going to have to be aware that these things already happened, or you may already have them in a binder or a box somewhere, because it will probably only improve over time. They're going to print more cards that have draw card on them. Like it, It's going to happen. It's one of the base axiomatic card game ideas. Draw more cards. Mm -hmm. So eventually you may hit a critical mass where Sunstorm is just, you know, knocking them out of the park left and right. Uh, I'm not a huge fan right now. I'll have to go check out that Reckon. You said it was Reckon Rule posted that? Yeah. I'll have yeah. to check that out and see, because it, not unlike some of the other cards that we talked about, it feels as though it's, it's so much effort. And yes, you could protect him until your last attack, but again, like you said, it, the partners are going to be made of paper, you're eventually just going to... Because I was running into something similar with a Cosmos build, which even if I lived the dream, KO'd somebody early on, well, now it's just Cosmos. And he's yeah. just going to get lit up. And I feel as though that's the same sort of thing that will happen to Sunstorm. Oh, I have, you know, 35 attack. I'll one-shot that guy. Okay, well, your other three guys get to lay into him because all of Sunstorm's allies croaked five turns ago. I don't know if that's actually yeah. how it plays out, but that's what it feels like it would. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm gonna. There was an article idea I had in my head about like writing about like the finisher guys, like Optimus, mm. Sunstorm, Shockwave, the Megatron we talked about. Like basically Nemesis, like anybody that calls, like looking at Julian what their strengths and weaknesses are because they have to be the focal point of the team. Right. And I would say he, this one is probably like fourth best, I would say, like behind Nemesis, Optimus, and probably Shockwave. Right. But that doesn't mean he's unplayable. I just oh, think yeah. it, requ it requires a dedicated deck that I mm -hmm. 
I have to watch that video again just to have like an idea of what it really looks like. Yeah, it his star quotes because you mentioned the other ones that I mean, Shockwave's eleven, uh, Nemesis is twelve, so maybe that break point will help him out enough because it, as we get more cards again, it's just maybe the builds work out because of the the varying star cost combinations and he'll squeeze in yeah. somewhere. We'll have to see. Any, any, yeah, any low cost guy that ever has like somehow is going to be a partner. So. Right. So another seeker, Thundercracker, I feel he's the one, I mean, obviously Sunstorm we just went on at length about, but Thundercracker is the one that's going to break out somewhere else and he's going to support a deck himself because I, I, I don't know. I, I feel as though it would be easier to wombo with him than it is with Sunstorm, and maybe I'm just wrong there. I mean, all you have to do is play a Brainstorm, and you're at... All you have to do is play a Brainstorm and two other... like Just use Brainstorm's quote ability. You play two other abilities, and he's an eight guaranteed, like, just off the bat. Um... He can do really cool things with like transform effects to roll out epic conversion where he gets the plus one, transforms in the uh, plane mode, does his two damage to a melee guy. I mean, he has a lot of cool interactions. I had him in limited in my release event and he easily won me like most of my games. Like whenever yeah. I was playing against other melee characters, I can see that. How much damage he was doing. I mean, he's pretty much guaranteed six every single gonna play an action in return so like right i always look at him like he's six and six for an eight cost is pretty good and then he has a built-in two damage to melee guys with a lot of where the you know the meta is at with insecticons and dinobots so like he has a built-in ability there i just don't like him right now with other planes and i haven't yeah. tried him with again these like good stuff decks because to be honest with you outside of these teams that we talked about it's just hard to think about like how I'm going to build a 25-star team when I'm going to start with, okay, I'm going to start with Thundercracker. All right, well, now I need to look for other guys that combo with Brainstorm. And I just haven't done that yet, but I think yeah. that he, just as a, ge a generic guy, is very good. Yeah. I do appreciate that from a uh, non-gameplay standpoint that his flip, of his transformability calls back to his tech spec from G1 where he super hates people that can't fly. Uh, I've mentioned it before, but I think it bears repeating. He also, and I, I know you haven't read the comics, and anybody out there who's listening that haven't, I'm not going to spoil anything, but his character is spectacular in the comics. And it's it starts in phase one. Look, I'm knocking stuff over. It starts in phase one, and then transitions into phase two, and he just gets better as time goes on. Like, you learn to love Thundercracker throughout the story, and it's pretty cool. Does he become Squirt? No, he doesn't become Scourge. <laughs> we we did talk about that. No, Scourge and uh, get, spoiler alert, Scourge and Galvatron are independent people in this. Okay. Um. Although I guess that is ambiguous. Does is do they actually show him? Yeah, he's the there? one that becomes Squirge. It's, okay. it's Skywarp. That's ambiguous. Okay. It seems like because it's Bombshell that really becomes Cyclonus, but I refuse to believe that because Skywarp's <laughs> also in the picture, but. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So that's a big uh, debate. So yeah, it's so big that, Transformers debate. So. Yeah, it's allowed. That's where I mean we're talking about a Transformers card game. I think it's allowed yeah, to uh, to go through yep. that. Yep. So that actually concludes the Decepticons. Uh, 
any other general thoughts on them before we close up? I mean, in my testing so far, I think that I think the Decepticon side is better for um, good stuff decks or individually built decks around certain corner pieces like Sunstorm and Nemesis Prime um, as opposed to their teams. Uh, I think they have they have really good they're just and, and I guess this goes along with them like they're just loners type characters but um, like I think I think certain I think just as the teams are not as powerful but as individual cards they're powerful um, I think if you're if you're still going and playing in seal deck type events um, your purple side with the Decepticons the planes there with their giant health totals are a big advantage there um, and their transformabilities are really good and limited um, most of the commons like if you compare like an Insecticon common to like random car or like a random truck cup and things like that like, <laughs> yeah. like if you compare bots for limited that don't have text like cup and, and ramjet are no comparison to each other like ramjet's obviously better um so i think you know if you're playing in a league or you're playing in limited uh that's where i think you're probably going to see a heavier decepticon slant um in constructed so far it's pretty much been people trying to build plane teams people trying to build um uh insecticon teams and then nemesis as a powerhouse on his own right yeah i'm gonna i'm curious to see as i started out with at the the top of the show i've always thought the decepticons looked cooler and to be honest in g1 a, a not insignificant amount of the autobot cast was just irritating yeah like fair like, i listen to some other podcasts and there are a couple of the hosts that are huge fans of pipes and I think it's just an ironic love of pipes hmm. and he's I just or Huffer like it, that was another one where it's just like I, I just don't care <laughs> I can't I never liked Power Glide I never liked Huffer I never understood Beachcomber like, I never got any yeah but the Decepticons at least looked cool they, they had really aesthetically pleasing designs to me I mean, my favorite all time up there is Soundwave, so I'm very anxious to see him. But uh, I think overall, I do appreciate what they did with this, the Decepticons, both callouts to whether it's Ramjet being melee or Thundercracker in his flip, that they maintained a lot of those things. Um, so I do like the cast. But uh, we've been going for a while, so I don't want to keep you all night, Scott. Where can yeah, people no find you? I know we talked about VectorSigma.info for a lot of the articles, but. Where else could people check out your content, or where should they reach out to you? Uh, that's the best place to find me. Um, uh, if you don't want to contact me through there, back. Um, one thing I'm actually looking for right now, a poll up there in the next couple of days, is like um, how you plan to play the game. Um, so this might be a topic we can get into uh, on the show next time. But like you know, let's just say that organized play was good for this game was going to exist in some way, shape, or form. I don't care if it's local events, if it's big national events. Like, is that your plan? Do you plan to go that way? Because I want to, because that's, I'm a competitive player and I just want to make sure as I slam my articles in, in that way that, you know, I'm 
I'm giving you what you want to read about and you want to hear about like my companion. So like, you know, how you plan to play the game. So that, that poll will be up uh, soon. So if you don't want to contact me through there, through that link, there's an email there. You can contact me. I'm always active in the, the main uh, Facebook group. Um, there's a lot of repetitive questions on there and there's a, there's a lot of uh, questions that are, I don't know, like easy to answer if you would just, it, like if you just read some of the articles, we'll probably give you better ideas. Like a lot of people are asking like, how do I build the deck from scratch? Well, I've already put three builds up there so you can kind of see the ratios that I used and things like that. Right. Um, but I'm always trying to be active in certain posts on there as well as the, the U.S. group as well as a couple of, uh, you know, the, the regional groups. Uh, you can always right. find me on Facebook. Landis. You can find VectorSigma.info itself on Facebook. I find people on there. Uh, whenever I post a new article, I'll put it, I put it on the Transformers TCG Reddit as well. Gotten some responses on there. So pretty much anywhere you see me posting the articles when they're up, you can always just get in touch with me there and I'll find a way to respond to you. But I've had a couple email conversations with people back and forth from Vector Sigma to the email that goes there. And, you know, we can have conversations like that as well if you want to be, have more of a private conversation. So awesome. We'll definitely reach out to Scott. Definitely be on the lookout for that poll because it is, as he was saying, there's a lot of questions because we are pulling in a lot of people that may not have, before you even get to a card gaming background, just a gaming background in general. A lot of people grew up with Transformers or got into Transformers at some point and they love the lore, they love the property, but maybe never were exposed to this walk of life, I guess. So there's definitely a lot of new players and I know I've been asking a lot of questions on behalf of people, for lack of a better way to put it, in the various groups because I think it's worthwhile to have a lot of these questions in writing so people can see it. Because I, I know from going through my demo at Gen Con that, and that is a dedicated gaming convention, there were a lot of people that it wasn't necessarily very obvious how to play the game, and not even from a strategy standpoint, just literally learning how to play the game. And I think that's because we're pulling in so many new people. So it's definitely great that you're putting up the articles and that people have a reference point because it can be overwhelming to just dive into the deep end and go, okay, I have all this stuff. I bought, you know, three boxes. What do I do with it? Why do I keep getting my butt kicked left and right? Yeah. How do I stop that? Uh, my friend is, is crushing me with Dinobots. What do I do about it? Well, if you want to see stuff like that, you want to hear stuff like that, reach out to Scott. Definitely reach out to me as well. I'm random spots basically everywhere except for here where it's House of Random on Twitch. So we're on SoundCloud, Random Thoughts. We're on Facebook, Random Thoughts Podcast. Uh, you can check out our Gmail, Random Thoughts Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, basically everywhere. And we try and do basically what Scott was saying. Post everything everywhere. Reach out to us if you have ideas for what you want to hear on the show, too. So uh, I guess that's enough rambling. I got to get some water because I've been talking for a while. I was streaming before <laughs> this. <laughs> so I appreciate you coming on, Scott. Thank you. Uh, Anytime. We're going to hopefully try and make this a regular thing, so definitely keep your eyes out in all the various groups, and tune in next time for some more random thoughts.